Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Bones Brigade audio show. I am Larry. And of course, you know who's with me. It's Matt. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Excellent. Excellent. So today we've got part two of our massive coverage of Band This. I never would have guessed that yeah. we would have to uh, cut this up. But hey, you know what? That's okay. So well, we're... It's, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it really comes down to Jim and yeah. uh, well, Bobby too, but Jim is so packed with like knowledge that it's hard to get out from a single segment without, you know, him just dropping this like crazy knowledge bombs. Yeah, he's got you know? so much insight and knowledge on the, yeah. you know, pretty much every little aspect of the production of this video yeah, so it's like it's really nuts so we actually have jim and bobby with us on again today they'll be on here in a couple minutes to continue our talk of band this it's going to be great i'm sure jim is going to knock our socks off again and we'll just keep on rolling through band this but a couple quick things i wanted to mention before we get back to the video is uh if you're looking for more kind of Bones Brigade, Powell Peralta podcasting to uh, hit your eardrums. You can check out Steve Caballeros on a recent episode of the Talkin' Schmidt podcast. And Bucky Lasik is on the Nine Club. So both really great episodes. And uh, of course, lots of Powell talk on there. So make sure you guys go check those out. Matt, anything else you wanted to touch on before we no, uh, have the guests back in? I'm excited to get this one underway. I've uh, listened back to the uh, the first one, and uh, it was like there was stuff in there that I kind of had forgotten about between when we recorded it and when we released it. And just listening back to it, it was like, dude, this is so good. Yeah, it's really <laughs> like, good. And listening it's... to these guys talk about it is 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 awesome. So yeah, and I mean, we had your epic, you know, premiere story too at the beginning of that yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are loving it. Oh, by the way, let's talk real quick about the. Uh, in case you missed it, check the Instagram because we do have photographic proof of the cardboard cutouts of Professor Didactic. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's we've got all up. kinds of uh, stuff from your archives about their premieres yeah. now on yeah. Instagram. You can go check it out. Yeah, you get to see my little brother hanging out with Tony Hawk, who is uh, shrewdly covering his beer that he's holding in his hand. Yeah, and Tony actually liked the photo too on Instagram. Yeah. That's pretty wild. But yeah, you get the uh, got the picture of the. Uh, or the the cutout in the in the back of the picture. So you got to wonder if that guy has any idea, that actor has any idea that there were cardboard cutouts made of him for this weird little <laughs> role he starred in one day. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> wonder if any of those are still around in the Splash Skate Park uh, basement, owner's basement. That'd be cool. You need to go investigate. I'm gonna go check it out. I'm gonna hit those guys up. Yeah. Be like, you whatever go. you got, sell it to me. Sell me the archives. <laughs> I'm your man. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for an epic part two of Powell Peralta's Band This. We are joined once again by Bobby Puglio and Jim Fitzpatrick. And I'd like to remind everyone once again, this is part two. So if you're hearing this and you have not heard part one, please stop now and go back and listen to part one. But uh, one thing I wanted to touch base on to kind of go back in time to part one, we had a listener hit us up yesterday. We talked about the song in Ray Barbie's part, Ooh. and he let us know that it's actually a cover song of the band uh, The Cure. And wow. the, song, the song is called Like Cockatoos from the album Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. 
Wow. So I thought that was very noteworthy and, and worth a mention to kind of go back to part one for a second. But that is done by, I don't know if you would call it a cover song or a heavily sampled, but it's done by Tay Uller. Jim, is that the proper way to pronounce his name? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And he yeah. had done some music on uh, public domain as well. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly. I got to I got it. This is a long time question that I've had. And Jim, you could probably answer this. And I might be kind of, you know, some of the videos, I'm pretty sure it's public domain. And I'm pretty sure it's Tony Hawk skating to an obvious cover of Tones on Tail. Okay. And Tones on Tail was pretty like kind of an obscure semi sort of super group. And I forget who the two people that made it up made up the group but i want to say one of them might have been in pet shop boys or something like this i can't remember exactly who but i've noticed that in the powell videos and, and another song comes to mind and i can't remember who it is exactly that's skating to this but it sounds almost like a van halen cover but it's not van halen but it's like in the style of van halen yeah. so i'm curious did stacy actively try to kind of like get songs that kind of fit the part and then had basically a band cover it in the style so that he didn't have to pay royalties? Good question. But the simple answer is no, there was no effort to avoid paying royalties by having somebody else cover it. Okay. But keep in mind, like Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. So he was a big fan of Tony. And so in 88, I started some, this young woman from London, told me that Trent was a big fan of Tony's and mm -hmm. here is music that he wants to use. He wants us to use in one of the videos. Okay. And I didn't know who Nine Inch Nails was. I didn't know who Sisters of Mercy were. Right. So, you know, and this happened with Tony and with, with Cab, with, with Stevie a lot and Lance where people would get, they'd hand them a, you know, a cassette tape and say, here, use this music, use this music. And so we would be, you know, so we'd be in the edit room or the edit bay starting to compile the finished video. And here's this music and where did it come from? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a conscious effort to avoid royalties or to not give credit when credit was due. Mm -hmm. It was much more uh, spontaneous. And the source of some of the music was cloudy. Okay. Um, and then there were people like Chuck Treese, you know, I mean, we went out of our way to use Chuck's music as much as we could because everybody has always loved Chuck Treese. So sure. it was an interesting circumstance to be able to try and make some of those decisions. I just looked up Tones on Tail and that was Daniel Ash of Bauhaus and Love and Rockets. It was his side project. I specifically remember, I think it's public domain, Tony skating his backyard spine or mini yeah. ramp, whatever. Yeah. And it's definitely, if you hear the two songs, it's definitely the Tones on Tail song, but it's slightly different. And I was like, is this maybe like a B version of this Tones on Tail song? Or is it, you know, like I said, and, and, and you know, I'm not trying to say that Stacy was trying to like do any of the musicians wrong or any of that. Well, another thing that I always that I that I noticed too, and this is going back to Animal Chin, is that, and this was always a long-standing question in my mind. I noticed that Johnny Rad's band is called the Air Jordans. <laughs> okay, and then How I was like, oh, wow. what's that? How is that possible? Well, well, one thing I noticed about Animal Chin 
is that a lot of the guys in Animal Chin are wearing the Jordan ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And interestingly, if I'm not mistaken, I'm a, you know it's been a second since I watched Animal Chin, but the only guy that's not wearing Jordan ones in Animal Chin is Lance. And then Lance goes on to ride for Nike. No, Lance, Lance has them on. Lance does have them on, but I think yeah. there's yeah, there Tony. might be a spot somewhere in there where he's wearing vans. Tony but wears could... vans and and I think a pair of Pumas in that video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. And everyone else has uh the Jordan. Everyone else has okay, okay. Because yeah. I was like So there's I, I... there's a little bit of backstory I could share. Hit us. In Santa Monica, in Venice, in Mar Vista, in quote unquote Dogtown. Craig Stesick was in the in the early 60s was already an established artist. Okay. And he was part of an art community of people that were I mean I don't the word that comes to mind is cutting edge. I mean so you know the, these were artists who were grab ass doing whatever they could to pay rent if they had to pay rent and two of the people that he knew closely were the founders of Nike before Phil Knight got involved. Oh, wow. So Brian Schaefer's Tampa Pro, the last Tampa Pro was mm -hmm. back at the end of April, the beginning of May. And we were driving around with Nick Halkius and Sean Cliver with uh, Colin, my son and I, and we were talking and Nick said, you know, I could never understand it. When Stesic was around Nike, he and Lance would walk into Phil's office and he had total access to what, what's the explanation there? Mm. So I went on to explain that, you know, that Craig knew all of these people before Nike existed. Wow. And so when, when a box of Nike Air Jordans showed up, or Jordan 1 showed up at Powell headquarters in, um, <laughs> in Silver Lake, you know, there were like uh, 24 pairs of shoes in this huge box and they ranged in size from eight to 12. And I think Tony wore 13s or 14s uh, and there were never any 13s or 14s. Mm, so everybody had a pair of Jordan ones to wear because they were sent to Craig as a gift because he was part of the whole thing that was happening. And I didn't know at that time, I had no idea what Craig's connection was with the people at Nike. And uh, that might help explain why in Animal Chin and in subsequent, you know, videos you've, or in ads or in photo shoots, you, you know, it's like, why are they wearing Nikes? Mm. It's because they were laying around. <laughs> That's excellent. All right, before we dip into our uh, scene by scene play, I can't believe I didn't ask this. So Jim, who comes up with the titles for uh, the Powell videos? Does Stacy just say one day the video's called this and no one questions it? Or do people spitball ideas? Or is there a meeting or any insight there? Well, it would be the, the simple answer would be that, you know, when you have to play bingo, you know, there's that little drum that the guy, you know, rotates and then you reach in and he pulls out, you know, <laughs> B1. Mm -hmm. um, so we just take a bunch of weird, you know, combinations of words and throw them all in there and pull them out. No, it was pretty much the, the funny thing about that is that. You know, here's these people at in the Powell um, business office, if you will, and they're selling product. And all of the dealers are saying, all of the retailers are saying, when's the next video coming out? What's it going to be called? And they say, we don't know when it's coming out and we don't know what it's going to be called. So that gets pushed 
all over the place. And then George would start to freak out. And, and I think I might've mentioned that, you know, my schedule was pretty much, I was in Santa Barbara at the offices, pretty much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I would show up in Hollywood at the Silver Lake studio, if you want to call it that, uh, Thursday and Friday and sometimes over the weekend also. And so I, one of the first things I would say when I arrived on Thursday, you know, mid-morning was, so everybody in Santa Barbara's freaking out, like, what's the fucking name of the video going to be? And, you know, they was just, and then we would all laugh. It was like, isn't that funny? That's so funny that everybody wants to know what the name is going to be. It, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, who cares? It doesn't matter. Or what number is it going to be? <laughs> so, but the simple answer is, is um, it was pretty much Craig's directive, Stesic's idea, and Stacy would sometimes um, suggest an alternative, but more often than not, I mean, public domain, I had so many people talk to me from the software industry and from the computer industry. And, and the idea that public domain became the name of a product. I mean, mm. people were flabbergasted that yeah. somebody was so bold as to take the public domain, if you will, <laughs> and to assign it a thing, and it became a thing. Yeah. So uh, ban this was, it was pretty much in response to skateboarding is not a crime. It's like, oh yeah, fuck you, ban this. How do you mm. ban this? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a conscious effort, I think, on uh, Craig's part and Stacy's part. And, and we, by default, you know, all really got behind the idea of the name because how are you going to ban this? Because it's too exciting. Yeah, it's brilliant. All right. So the first scene we get into here is Tony Hawk at the Fallbrook ramp and also at his house a little bit. And the scene opens with this great shot of a spinning camera filming Tony do a stale fish grab McTwist, which is a very, very creative way to, to film something like spin the camera with the skater. Mm -hmm. And then even a little later in this part, they show that from an alternate angle. And you can see in the bottom of the frame, that camera spinning through oh, the wow. bottom of the frame, which is re really cool. So I'm guessing that's yeah, probably that's, a that's Robert Kittelik rig. Millimeter camera, mm -hmm. 16 millimeter high speed, um essentially a reconnaissance camera out of an airplane okay. running it at just incredibly high speed and so in several of those images you see a really sharp image when it's transferred to video when the rotation of the camera and the rotation of the of the skateboarder the deck etc all come together mm -hmm. i think there's i think there's uh i think there's scenes with ray underhill also Mm -hmm. um but those were i mean that was stesic pure and simple that was you know that was an idea that he had and i think uh, robert kittler was essential in terms of i think we got something from a ship uh a nautical store the gimbal that allowed the camera to rotate entirely and it was you know it was a scientific experiment it's like okay so how fast does the camera need to go how yeah. fast is you know how many frames per second are we shooting and how is it all going to match up and it was all you know it was it was spontaneous thoughtful uh and a convergence of ideas and and, and practical reality yeah it looks like the camera might even spin more than tony spinning like you know yeah 
the McTwist is, you know, one and a half rotations, but the camera looks like it might go like five or six times. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But uh, it's also interesting because I guess at this point, I'm already thinking like Tony is the closer of the show. So we get a little kind of teaser here, like maybe more towards the front of the video, which is is exciting to see. Yeah, he's all over. The, he's kind of all over this video, really. Like he's got a few. Yeah. When I was growing up, you know, the in terms of me looking at skateboard magazines when I was living in New Jersey as a kid, you open the magazines and you're only getting, let's say, hypothetically, seven vert ramps and two to four, two to three to four skateboard parks. OK, so you got Del Mar and Upland are the two major ones. Maybe you'll get a shot of Buck Smith at Kona on the back cover of <laughs> Transworld in the Sims ad. And then the vert ramps. There, you know, let's say there's seven major vert ramps, right? You got Skillies, you got Fallbrook, you have, uh, you know, Mountain Manor, and then, you know, name off another four or five, whatever, that are in the magazines. Patty's Perfect Ramp in, in that, that Kevin Sobs case Arizona, in Phoenix, yeah. Arizona, wherever it is, Tempe, wherever. So, yeah, so, you know, so for me, Fallbrook is one of the most iconic ramps, it, just in terms of its background. The people that skated there, when I think of Fallbrook, I think of Tony, I think of Chris Miller, I think of Steve Clare, yeah. right? You, you got all these guys, you know, you might get an errant shot of um, Lee Ralph at Fallbrook and yeah. then, you know, J Joe Johnson, you know, yeah. who, who did you say? Jeff Grasso in the Santa Cruz oh, video. Yeah, yeah totally. Jason Jesse. Jason yep. Jesse. There you go. Yeah. So for me, that's like Tony at Fallbrook is like the top of the, you know, kind of candy, eye candy pile. But uh, I definitely made a few observations watching that part. And this is just pure Tony innovation. Uh, first of all, he does a switch lean detail, which mm -hmm. is insane. He does a switch gate twist and he does a cabalarial no-handed nose grind over the channel, which is just bonkers at that point. You know? Yeah, those are all. Um, and at, at this point, public domain really introduces with Danny Danny Way's part, right? The uh, the 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 debut of the no-handed blunt to fakey. So at this point, you're getting the introduction to tricks that were done using your hands. Now, basically, using no hands. And Tony, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to jump ahead, but you know, the 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 most mind-blowing thing is Tony does a McTwist without grabbing. Mm, yeah. So that's like kind of you're just talking, you know right to the top of the uh, innovation kind of uh you know the innovation line there but uh yeah that's that's basically what i pointed out and then it goes in between his house right his compound mm -hmm. but i like i like just the fallbrook ramp i you know i was always so infatuated with that thing and then i got to learn certain things that it was like owned by um a family that it was like an avocado farm right yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, that place is kind of sacred ground in terms of like, you know, the couple of ramps that were around at that point. And it's crazy that none of that stuff is there anymore. So a little perspective there would be that, you know, that I think we talked a little bit of was that sequence in, in public domain where Stacey's sitting back and he's like, he's like a director and he's, he's calling out tricks. Oh, yeah. that was earlier in this video. Oh, right. right. That was at Mountain Manor. So yeah. The reality was, so at, at the Fallbrook, during that session, and I think there was actually two separate sessions because there was a separate session with Ray Underhill. Yeah. But during that session, at the end of it, Stacy said, he pulled Tony aside and he said, 
the fuck are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? And that was the whole thing is that Tony wanted to make sure that we were getting every trick that he was doing without his hands. Mm. And that he hadn't did he never said, hey, Stacy, guess what? I can do a McTwist now without hands. I can do the, you know, switch lean to tail. So it was resident upon Stacy or the camera to recognize that something unique was being revealed for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that was, it permeated everything we were doing. And then, and then people like Underhill or Sean Mortimer who were there on the platform were like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was, it was stunning to the live audience, if you will. It was stunning to Stacy that he was actually pulling this stuff off. And it wasn't, I don't, you know, that's who it kind of personifies who Tony is. He's not a braggart. He's not going to predict something. He's not going to point to center field and hit a home run. He's very quiet in his assuredness that he's going to be able to pull a trick. And bam, it was, and then like you say, later in the video, we ended up back at his house and that's with the special lights and the different colors. And that's where Frank started yelling at me about, uh, the countersunk, you know, drywall screws, and am I trying to injure his son? And, you know, man, man did I get a lesson there. So that was... Uh, I just remember being at the premiere and everybody thinking, like, oh, wow, they're bringing Tony out pretty early in this video, you know, like... Yeah, we won't see him later. I thought it was again, a hot so. part, yeah. yeah. And then it's, you know, it segued into uh, Para Wellander, and we're like, I hope that wasn't all that they're going to show. Like, Yeah, pretty, it pretty is brief. kind of a, a quick... <laughs> quick part yeah it's kind of a little little teaser yeah but uh yeah i guess we can just jump into pear wellander looks like he's skating at hermosa beach uh jim does that sound right or look right that's right yeah that's what it looked like to me but i wasn't sure and we have we haven't seen we didn't see pear in uh public domain do you know why he wasn't in public domain this was like a uh a reminder it's like yeah pear's still around yeah (laughs) yeah He's still, he's, he's still a selling product. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because I think it goes back, you know, the, in the introduction, right? Stacy talks about how we, um, you know, the introduction to these reissues, Stacy talks about every style of skating, we crammed it all in. Yeah. And I, I think that's true. I, I, you know, Pear, I don't think Pear complained, but he did ask the question. It's like, you know, why, why aren't I in this? And, and, and so there he was. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, I think it's a representative sort of redo for him that he's still viable as a skater. That's a strong part. I mean, it's all, it is know, it's yeah. really, really aggressive and roll for a, for a freestyle part. I mean, it's, it's very mm-hmm. not stationary. It's yeah. cool camera angles that shot up where he's doing the handstand. And yeah, I was yeah. going to mention that handstand shot truck is truck really cool. Whatever you call it. Yeah. yeah. I saw Pear Wellander do a demo right around this time at this place called West County Mall. And uh, it was the only time I ever really saw freestyle skating in real life because all the demos back then were all, it wasn't a whole lot of freestylers. He was just by himself. And um, it was incredible really to watch it in, in real life. He, he is so, he's so powerful and yeah. he's got so much skill. And to see that in real life was like, was really, really, it made you appreciate it more. You know, because freestyle for a lot of people was the part that you fast forwarded through. And mm-hmm. I thought, I, yeah, I thought Pear had a great part. I, I love the, I love the song, the, was it, uh, Willie Brown by Skate yeah, Master Skate Tate. Master yeah. Tate, yep. Yeah. Great, great tune. And uh, 
you know, for, for being Pear's last, I mean, this was the last you'd see of Pear pretty much. Yeah. He's not in propaganda, right? He, yeah. No, no, I, I don't, you know, he, he kind of, you know, for, for this being his last hurrah with Powell, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the end of freestyle here, this, this video almost, you know, more or less. Yeah. I think uh, Cameron Martin makes an appearance in propaganda, but that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. um, Brief. Yeah. But this yeah. would be the last. Yeah. Real Paris, Paris solo demos were really powerful. I did a couple in, uh, in schools in mm -hmm. uh, touring around Santa Barbara and he has just enough of an accent and just enough of an attitude to speak with such authority, he's almost ordering you in the audience to pay attention and to recognize how fantastic he is. Mm. It's compelling. And kids that are 7, 8, 10, 12 years old, like, really pay attention because, you know, if you don't pay attention to this, you might miss something. Oh. <laughs> and he's, it's really good. I mean, he's, he's, you know, and then he does things that are just dazzling you know they're fantastic i feel like uh kind of like his part in future primitive it's almost kind of like he's street skating in a way i mean i know he's on his freestyle board but he's just he's just cruising that boardwalk just doing flat yeah. ground tricks mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of yeah. like street skating in a way because yeah. a lot sometimes a lot of freestylers you see they would just kind of stay in a little contained you know area like a little box say but he's He's out for a skate, man. He's covering some ground there. Pear, I always found to be a very interesting character in the Paul Peralta lineup because, you know, he had a very popular street model, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw as many Pear Willanders out there as you did McGill's and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But, you know, he also really didn't, he was a freestyler and he had like a, <laughs> you know, he had a street board, he had a, he had a, or a vert board or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, uh it was always really weird because you never you didn't see that any other any other time, you know. Yeah, like it wasn't Kevin like was or Rodney Kevin Harris or Rodney Moe. Yeah. Right. And you gotta think Pear was probably just off the I mean, I don't know. I'm speculating here, but you gotta think like Pear was probably making a little more money than those other dudes just based on having that board. Oh, for if, sure. If you're talking yeah. about if you're talking about board royalties, like if you got a street style board that's selling versus yeah. just a freestyle board. Well, well, pair. If you watch the, uh, there's footage of the Oregon contest uh, mm. that I that I believe gets rained out, and pair enters the street style contest, and it's you know, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be harsh, but it's like him off the jump ramp is it's wild. It's like <laughs> I don't want to call it a car crash because there's definitely like, you know, he knows what he's doing, but you know. He's no Tommy G off the jump ramp. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but he's definitely skating street and he's doing street tricks. And, you know, you can make the case that, yeah, it's street skating, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's interesting, too, because when you think about what Rodney did with when he rides for World Industries and puts out, you know, a regular size street board and makes a transition from freestyle board to street board you know, Pear had already kind of laid the groundwork for something like that, you know? Yeah. I guess, I, I, I and here's, I guess I'll go even further back. Bob Schmelzer did that oh, light yeah. year yeah. before, yeah. before Pear. Bob, Bob Schmelzer put out the street board on uh, Circle A, or maybe, maybe it was even when he rode for Brand X, he put out that yeah. street board. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. That's like, a good call, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know, I've never met, oh, uh, maybe I did. No, I never met Pear Wellander, but yeah, what, man, what a fascinating character. There was a, I remember now if we're talking about Pear being uh street, he had a, 
an ad for his street board. I think he's doing a wall ride. And then in his pro spotlight in trans world, he had some street photos in there. He's doing like a 360 jump ramp air over a car, I think. And then there's some, right. some other stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, he had some of the wildest outfits of the 1980s, you know, the headband oh, yeah. alone. <laughs> he's like, he, yeah, he's like, he would have made a great tennis player. <laughs> he's like right there. So after uh, Per Wellander, we have Ray Underhill, and he was another guy that was missing from public domain, but he's back here. Um, he's got this fun little intro of him being like a world traveler guy with the female voiceover, giving a little <laughs> pretty funny cappuccino, perhaps, she says. <laughs> Cracks me up. But then uh, Ray's at um, back at the Fallbrook ramp where we saw Tony a few moments ago. And also he's got some cameos in his part from Joe Johnson, Chris black, uh, which fun fact, he's one of the only other guys to skate the chin ramp. And then Tony's in there for a second, Kevin Staub, who, you know, used to ride for Powell. So mm -hmm. it's cool to see him back a little bit. And then, then uh, Chris Miller is in the mix there a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was cool to see, um, you know, non Powell guys in a Powell video. Like I think everybody thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of the videos and you know, there's some little cameos here and there from yeah. some other guys. Yeah. There's some cameos, but you know, to have like Kevin Staub and has have his name on the screen. Yeah, they all kind of got kind of interesting for uh you know. and that's really reflective of Ray's personality. I mean, those you know, Ray was extremely popular with everybody. And in those sessions, I mean they that was a real session. That was, you know, there was probably, you know, an a 90 minutes of really good skating and and it wasn't competitive it was more demonstrative and people just enjoying the process and the flow of skating as well as they could and i, I can remember myself at the time I, I i knew who neil was i i i think i you know there were there were people that i didn't recognize that i had never seen before and I thought to myself at the time, oh, well, they won't end up in the video because I, I don't know who they are. Yeah. And then later afterwards, talking with Stacy and with Craig, I realized who they were. And then I, it was reaffirming to see that everybody made the cut, if you will, and was actually part of the session because it was real. It mm -hmm. was, I mean, that's what happened in, in that time frame. is that at, at that ramp, you know, you'd you didn't have to have permission to skate there. You could go and skate there, but you had to know where the ramp was. It, it helped if you know who the people were that owned it. Mm -hmm. And you might end up with some avocados too. There you go. Uh, the only other thing I took that, that I noted about Ray's part is all the people that you listed, Chris Black. The only thing I wrote down is that Kevin Staub does a half cab in the, in the part. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that Cab told me that Kevin Staub is the dude who invented the half cab. That is true. Yes. Right? Yep. And then I was always like, in my brain, I was like, why did it never get called the half stab? <laughs> or just the stab? Yeah. Or just the stab. Yeah. yeah. It's so crazy that Kevin Staub invents the half cab, which is like, you know, a kind of like go-to <laughs> trick. A fakey alley to fakey, yeah. And uh, it, he doesn't, yeah. The other thing that Kevin Staub did really well was uh, Blunt to Fakies, where he mm -hmm. grabbed Mute and yanked yeah. it back in. Yeah. But anyhow, I think uh, Eddie um, Radigi. Yeah. yeah, Eddie Radigi is the probably the inventor of that one, right? Yes, that is true. I like uh, Ray's got a, 
uh, front side invert with like a stale fish grabbing front side invert. That's really interesting here yeah. in this part. And of course, that is not the Stalmoski. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could be. Well, one's grabbing between the legs and the other is behind the legs. Yeah, I can only imagine how difficult that is to do. That's yeah. crazy. And then we've got a quick, the Greek chorus, a.k.a. they appears again and they just shout video segue which is kind of exactly how jim described them in the, the first time we see them is they just need some some video buffers here and there to cut up the action a little bit and they kind of just shout their their purpose in in this one we're trying to build the vocabulary of all of the you know all of the people watching the video <laughs> so next we've got uh what could be my favorite part of the video we've got lance mountain oh and uh, Neil Blender, all kinds of amazing things happening here. Starts out with Lance uh, hopping out of his chimney, just like in uh, Bones Brigade video show. But instead of going off the front of the house, he's probably thinking, you know, I've already done that. Maybe I should uh, shoot off the back. <laughs> <laughs> Although that drop is a lot farther. And then, you know, they chuck a dummy, dummy off there. But what blows me away is then they cut to him like getting off the ground and he's got a mouthful of leaves and you can see i'm guessing it's maybe stacy filming but he's laughing so hard and the camera is shaking like crazy there's no audible laugh but you can just tell someone is dying of laughter because <laughs> lance is so dedicated to like getting up off the ground and looking like a mess and he's spitting out leaves and it's just so good. It's so good. Oh, but, and the, the look that Neil Blender gives. Oh yeah. The they're just like the so look mad. of this look of like yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Or whatever. Just like you're so best. lame. Yeah. God, it's, it's like one of the greatest moments ever captured on video. Like shaking of his head. It's burned into my brain. This part, I couldn't agree more. This is like unequivocally one of the greatest segments ever filmed even though it's like you know pretty light on the skating part it's like just so good it's yeah. so good i wanted to note the dummy going off the roof i'm kind of just thinking off the top of my head lance has had a lot of dummies in his part i think a couple of the firm videos i think one lance is supposed to be falling uh off a parking garage and they chuck a dummy off um there's another one in the can't stop video where i think they chuck another one where he when he lived next door to the mountain manor they chuck a dummy off there and then in his uh flip video part uh, i think they roll one down the slide so lance has this continuous theme of ragdoll dummies in his video parts i, bl I believe that's called comedic genius yeah mm -hmm. there you go hey quick question uh the did you guys do a, an animal chin one yet yeah we have done that yeah okay so so i haven't seen it but when they're at Chris Borst's house and Lance goes off the side of the ramp, I'm assuming they dig a hole and stick his ass in there. And I think on the special yeah. edition DVD, they show a thing. They just had like a, an, you know, you took a sheet of plywood and, and cut it in half and then like kind of like almost like a magician and then like put it around him with some, you know, astroturf on it. Oh, okay. So that was a, pr yeah, all right. Yeah, like all right. A little, yeah I, I, little I didn't know prop. what the hell was. That's, yeah. yeah it's amazing which is funny in that episode everyone except me i think thought the gag was that he slammed so hard he went into the ground <laughs> somehow well, he went what, into the ground and i'm like no he slammed so hard his head popped off uh -huh. oh i i when i was a kid i thought i i mean up until just now i thought he slammed so hard he went into the ground that's we had this we had this same talk in the episode <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, yeah. we, we we had this exact discussion. And I, yeah. it was me too. I was on the side of he yeah. slammed so hard he went underground. And all yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, either way, again, it falls under comedic genius. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Either way. So, Jim, who did the uh, the little title, the little transition uh, drawings in this? segment is that is that a neil jam or is those that are Lance? neil drawings yeah they yeah, are those they are, are neil mm-hmm. those are neils yeah I, I figured as much but i wasn't 100 percent. i've sure. always been curious as to what the impact of that sequence was whether kids started building things and started skateboarding indoors and we, we did you know, that like we did that dude we did that there you go yeah. okay yes yeah <laughs> okay yes me, me and my friends did this we we emulate because I I can remember showing that sequence to non skateboarders and they were like it was really troubling to them that <laughs> this could happen yeah. and they mm-hmm. you could see them you know considering their own homes with young skateboarders you know like spending the night or something I mean mm-hmm. what could happen that could happen here yeah I like almost think of this sometimes I don't know like say like people magazine or something and there'd be like a shot of celebrity like just out with their family like eating ice cream cones at the ice cream stand and it would always be captioned they're just like us you know like (laughs) celebrities do normal you know stuff and i almost feel like the you know we're seeing these pro skaters be goofy and and skate all these little crummy ramps and stuff and now it's like oh they're just like us just you know doing these dork tricks on curbs and stuff so it's like makes yeah, yeah. it all very relatable uh that's Lan- uh, i'm sorry that's neil's house where the mini ramp was that mm-hmm. they put all those ramps in there yeah and uh you can see on the walls some of neil's art which is super yeah. amazing mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's that i mean that you know it's funny because as a kid you're watching this video and you're like as a kid you're like okay if i if this was my house i would do that to my house but it's not my house it's my mom and dad's house or whatever yeah. whoever owns the house and if I do this in the house, they're going to beat my ass, you know, so you can't do it. And then you get pushed into a position where who, what, as a little, as a kid, you're like, I don't know any skateboarders that actually own a house, but then you're watching on video. Now you're like, oh, these pros, they own their house, you know, or they live in a house where they can do something like this. And this is like, kind of like every kid's like little dream, you know? Sure or every little kid's dream, I should say. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's, again, it's another stroke of genius to do something like that. But, yeah, um, Neil's ramp looks so hard to, to skate too. It has that crazy elliptical transitions. I mean, that's, that's, you're getting into a, a realm that's like, you'd have to dedicate a whole couple days to dissecting Neil's. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. kinda. Imagine that you have the opportunity to build a mini ramp in your backyard and that's you basically build like a three foot vert ramp yeah yeah i mean that's insane yeah that's insane the closest i ever got to doing the indoor skating is one winter we built a mini ramp in my friend's garage so that was about as, as we weren't like skating through the kitchen or living room we were just out in the garage one winter yeah i mean buster halterman had his ramp in the barn mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. and then there was a barn ramp in new jersey yeah and then you know the next thing is the indoor skateboard park you know blah 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 yeah but yeah, just is... just lay down some plywood through the living room put a quarter pipe behind the couch and That's you're same. ready to go yeah, yeah. Out, to, out to the deck yeah, it's, yeah. It's great. and then back in yeah it's awesome and then i love this uh 
they're out to breakfast somewhere and Stacy asks Neil, like, what, what's he usually have for breakfast? And then Neil does this crazy, like yell thing. It's like a weird sound. Yeah. Yeah. It almost like he says eggs, but just like very exaggerated. Like, you know, I I have eggs for breakfast, but he just says it like super crazy or something like that. I, I, I almost felt like there was an overdub there. Like they overdubbed something. His mouth goes, you know, and yeah, it kind of does. Which they do that in uh, Future Primitive too, I think. At, oh yeah, at, yeah, yeah, right. When they're grilling at Lance's house, someone's right. yelling, and he's like, his mouth's moving different. I don't know. Maybe it's a little right. throwback to that. I'm not right. sure. Yeah. So that's called the what do they call that band? The Titus. Oh, the Titus Skates Band after Titus Dittman, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skates in Europe. Um, so, yeah, they provide the soundtrack for this part. So not yeah. only do they do they have the Titus skates band, but then they for some reason they just paint Klaus Grabke's name on the ramp. <laughs> yeah. On the ramp. <laughs> Klaus wrote for Titus, right? Who, who wrote for Titus, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then Neil and has then he, that song Hugh Bod Boyle. Oh yeah, yeah. In the Alien Workshop view. So O is in the band, and O is uh played in Fluff and Olive Lawn. Mm-hmm. And Neil, Neil, I think. Uh, played bass on the first Olive Lawn seven inch, and then Neil's band is called Worked World. Yeah, that's a great single. So, there Jim, you know, were, I, you, were you there oh, for the sorry. filming? I'm sorry, man. Were, were you there for the filming of this uh, sequence, Jim? No, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. But but Otis Bartholomew is uh, he's another one of those comedic geniuses. And yeah. He's a fantastic musician, mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic skateboarder. And I could never figure it out, you know, because. I mean, in in that time frame, he was really big. Yeah, he was bigger than big, and he could he could skate anything. He could skate Neil's ramp. I mean, he, he very impressive physically, and then just funny as shit. You know, just yeah, yeah. every everything he did was creative, and it still is. In, yeah. in, incredible photographer as well. Yeah. Did they have somebody there filming this part, or did they? It almost looks like they just kind of did it themselves and set up cameras. And Stacy wasn't there. It wasn't Stacy. I. I think they filmed it themselves mm-hmm. and they kind of put together the whole sequence themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, what was like, what was their, did they just do this for the fun of it? And then they, did they do it for yeah, ben they, this? They or did they? Stacey and Stacy was like, Oh, this is, this is rad. So, so they were just kind of hanging out and messing around one day and yeah, just kind of did all absolutely. this stuff. And yeah. then Stacy liked it and put it in band this. They didn't yeah. necessarily film it for. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it wasn't like an assignment. Here, go right. do this project. Right, you know, it was right, just, right. It just showed up. And I mean, that's the strength. And I think the trust that Stacy had in Lance mm-hmm. is that if, if Lance liked it, if O liked it, if Neil liked it, I mean, and, and then every, I can remember watching it the first time in, you know, in the studio and it was just like, oh, this is insane. So good. And, yeah. and it ends up in the final version. Yeah, it's a very, very fun, rewatchable part. But also, this is, uh, speaking of Lance, he not skating any vert ramps in this video. We see him in, in, a, in a pool uh, part yeah. in this video, but no vert ramp yeah. from Lance, yeah. which is, which is I thought that's very mm. rare. That is wild, huh? Yeah. I wonder if that was like Neil's kind of like self-consciousness of like understanding because Neil is, a, I'm, I'm sorry, Lance. Um, if Lance is like hyper aware that vert, rant, vert skating is kind of like on the way out and he's like, you know, I don't know. 
it's that's I, I didn't make that I didn't I didn't notice that that Lance literally has no vert skating in the whole video. Uh, he has uh, he has a little bit of uh, in that pool section. Yes. In the pool section. Right. Yeah. He right. doesn't okay. as far as vert ramps go. Right. I wonder maybe if it was because I think he broke his leg at one point. Oh. Um, well, there's in time. Too. I think like on Christmas Day or something almost. OK. Um, I don't know if that's the right time frame, but maybe that could be be something that he was healing from a, a leg break or something well that'll do it i think you're onto something bobby because the uh lance when we were on the world tour in 89 uh -huh. i'm gonna say we were in pennsylvania i know i got a speeding ticket i had to pay it on the spot but lance you know we had the mini ramp at that point and ray barbie could just kill that thing and steve size and and rance lance could skate it you know and he could skate it really well but at this one demo, there were at least a thousand kids. It was a very popular stop, a very popular shop. I can't remember the name, but Lance never even got on the mini ramp. And he just, he skated away from the demo and skated down the street and sat on the curb. And I'm going to say a, a third or a fourth of the kids, like 500 kids followed him. Mm -hmm. And he just sat on the curb and talked and asked them questions. And, and these kids just had... I don't know. They had their time with Lance and mm -hmm. at the, and he spent probably an hour and then they all skateboarded back toward where the demo was, where the ramp was toward the shop and all these kids. And he, he did a couple of maybe no complies or, you know, a shove it type trick or something. And all these kids were trying to emulate that. And it was just, it was like a Pied Piper experience. And he wasn't, he didn't go out of his way to impress them with his ability on this mobile mini ramp. It was much more about, I don't know, caring about them and, and, and absorbing from them what they were interested in and what they thought. And mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was profound. I mean, the kids just, they just loved it. You know, they, as much as they loved watching, because Ray Barbie was part of that demo and so was Steve Size and Caballero was there too. Uh, as much as the skateboarding was exciting, it, that personal sort of exchange with Lance was really um, it was really important for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pennsylvania is definitely a strange place, but I don't know where it was in Pennsylvania, but there's plenty of folks. I mean, Pennsylvania had cheap skates, and there was plenty of incredible skateboarders that came out yeah, of cheap skates. Might have been cheap skates. Yeah. Yeah, but cheap. But uh, but having said that, you don't. If you're in Pennsylvania, you don't get that many opportunities to see Lance Mountain. So I can understand a whole flock of people swarming him. And but yeah, that's definitely interesting. I, I didn't get lost very often on tour, but we got lost in Pennsylvania. And we were driving down this street in this residential area. And this kid, maybe 10 years old, kind of plump, was pushing down the street in the middle of the street. And we pulled up mm -hmm. alongside him. And Lance and Ray Barbie, Steve Size. And Caballero, we were all in this rental car. And this kid, this kid, it was just like a pure exchange. We asked him how to get back on the freeway and he, he didn't know. And he looked in the car, he had no idea who Lance was or Ray or Cab or Size. It was just, it was such a pure moment. And we all drove away and we just thought, wow, that's fantastic that this kid <laughs> didn't, he had no idea who was in the car it was fantastic until he watches this. And then he's like, Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
But that was the that was the same night where we got to a hotel after I got the speeding ticket. I was going like 115 or something. <laughs> and this guy pulls us over. And you know, we were in like this big, I don't know, big Lincoln Continental or something. It was it was like a boat of a car. And we got to the hotel and Ray, they went out and skated in the parking lot until about four o'clock in the morning. And the whole thing was doing uh, blunts on the parking block and blunt mm-hmm. slides and mm-hmm. fakies, blunt to fakie. It was just, it was like a tutorial. And, and yeah. Ray Barbie could do all of these tricks on the parking block and Lance couldn't do them. And Steve learned how to do them and Size learned how to do them. It was, it was like a graduate level class in how to <laughs> utilize a parking block. It was- Well, the, the blunt fakie when Danny Way does that, and, and I'm not going to try and say that Danny Way invents the blunt fakie with no hands. That's what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. when that when that happens on vert and the mini ramp, it revolution. Yeah. In my opinion, that revolutionized skateboarding and street skating because that was like I said, the first instance where somebody does a trick without using their hands. Yeah. You know, in that capacity. Yeah. And it's almost like it's almost it was almost like a magic trick. Like how yeah. did this person? And then. When you see Matt Hensley and the H Street dudes do it on the street, yeah. it, again, it's just, you're talking about a hardcore revolution in skateboarding, yeah. street, in street and, and skateboarding in general, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The blunt to fakie, blunt, no-handed blunt to fakie revolutionizes skateboarding in the same way the McTwist did vert skating. I was the responsible adult and I knew that we had to get up. I knew we had to be, wherever we had to be the next day, we had to be there by noon. And we had at least five hours of driving. Yeah. And I went out like at two o'clock in the morning. I said, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have got to go to sleep. And yeah. then, you know, I think it was Cab who said, yeah, we'll sleep while you're driving. It's like, all right, uh-huh. fuck you. I'll, I'll <laughs> sleep now. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So the next segment is how to draw the perfect line. And this Ooh. is Steve Caballero at the uh, Kennedy Warehouse in San Jose. Um, this yeah. is another really, really great part. I mean, this is almost like, perfect skateboarding this is to like me, yeah. this is yeah. that this this is as good as it gets to this day you're talking about a, a mini ramp run like, yeah perfect yeah and it's kind of talking about tricks with no hands i think we see cab doing a lot of you know tricks that would be usually done with your hands is now hands-free in the, in this yeah. segment yeah as far as i'm concerned this is like one of the most beautiful renditions of skateboarding captured on video in terms of like you know, Powell magic aside, cuts, blah, blah, blah. There, There's definitely, you know, at least five lines in there where it's like wall to wall over the spine. It's incredible. But then, of course, he's wearing suspenders, which is like, boom, you know. Yeah, throwback that, to that, animal. That. Yeah, the chin ramp he's got, or somewhere in animal chin, maybe at Chris Bors ramp, he's got the suspenders yeah. that are hanging down yeah. too. It's like, you know, you could talk about Hasoy all you want, but... There's, there's a few things in skateboarding, I would say. Hasoy and spandex, cab and suspenders, and Matt Hensley's chain wallet. Yeah, yeah. you got to have that flair, yeah. And then there's like, you know, add whatever else. Uh, Neil's head gasket, you know, whatever. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, that's, that's a heavy one, man. That is a heavy one. Yeah, I mean, it's titled perfectly. Like I keep saying, like, this is just perfect 100%. skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love the way the, the, the coping sounds like echoing oh, in this warehouse too. It's, it's just really, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. Sound is so important when it comes to that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's just that hollow metal coping is like, God, it sounds incredible. Yeah. yeah. And it's seemingly effortless. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of strain. It's just, it's just flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There, there's not a lot of cuts in here too. I mean, he's legitimately yeah. doing these, like yeah. these yeah. epic yeah. runs, you know, yeah. does he air from the vert ramp into the mini ramp in this part? I can't. I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't no. think so. I couldn't remember if it just started with that or not or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's similar to, uh, have you watched uh, Jeff Phillips speed wheels part lately mm. of him at his, mm. at his Dallas skate park? Yeah. It's just one complete run. Right. I think he has, yeah. he has a very similar, that ramp is very similar with the spine. And then, you know, Jeff Phillips has the bowl and he airs out of the bowl into the thing. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, in terms of that Kennedy warehouse, I can't think of like, I mean, there, obviously there's so many incredible, Jeff Kendall alone is insane there. Hugh Bod, Bod is insane there. Ross Goodman is insane there. Fedge is insane there on the vert ramp. But yeah, in terms of like people airing out of the vert ramp onto the mini ramp and vice versa, I can't remember who exactly does that. I think Cab does air out of the vert ramp into the. Oh, he does. Yeah, I, I thought that right. might be yeah, how it's he does like real yeah. in the beginning, or that's how I'm, it I'm looking starts. at it now. Yeah, he does. Okay. He does oh, okay. that. He, he does that. He does that. Uh, you know, he shoots up and does the plants his foot on the cross beam. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The next, wow. yeah, the next is shot crazy. is him airing out of the air, airing out oh. of the ramp into the mini. I, you know, when I think about that part, all I can think about is him and those those spine lines. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally oh, yeah. block out. Yeah, all like of the. the uh, that's a real quick little intro part. Yeah. Yeah. The all Super red kit he's wearing. And those yeah. white suspenders. So good. Yeah. What shoes has he got on in that part? Does he have blue Air Jordans on? No, he's probably got Vans on, right? I, I think so. Uh, I, think, I think they're, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know what they are. Yeah, I, I guess when you think of cab skating and when you, when you think cab shoes, I think of the blue and black Air Jordans. I think of the pumas that he had on in the cover on the, on the thrasher, thrasher cover yeah cover. Mm -hmm. and then i think uh vans you know what year mm -hmm. did the full did the cab come out the full cab oh good question i guess Nine, that was 89 90 i thought i don't know that was, was it i'm just guessing yeah. yeah 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 it's hard to tell but they almost look like they might be like full cabs maybe they're oh yeah, yeah. they might be prototypes or something oh, man. Came out there you in go 90. Yeah. samples yeah Shout out to Cab. I mean, this is this guy is like what if you're gonna say like not only the perfect line, I might even say the perfect skateboarding career. Like, I mean, it's just incredible what he's yeah. done. I was talking to somebody the other day about all the different when people left Powell, and it's insane that Cab is the only one that stayed on all the way through. Mm -hmm. That's really I mean, incredible. you know, the other thing that's crazy is Mike V coming back as the team manager and winning Tampa, that's, ins that's an insane story too. But yeah. Uh, what is that? 94, five, I think in 95, he comes back on. Yeah. That's insane. That's totally insane. So after Steve Caballero, we've got a really interesting segment that I like a lot. This is the video it yourself segment. And this is, uh, I'm guessing Powell must've just started at some point, just getting sent all kinds of videos, but this is Chris long and Flynn Atkins, uh, from Columbus, Indiana. And, uh, they give a little intro saying like, Hey, my buddy and I make skate videos. This is our latest one. Check it out. And, uh, they sent it off to Powell. And I was always wondering, did Stacy call these guys and say, Hey, we're going to put you in the video or did they just plop it in there and then one day the band this comes out and then these guys are like holy shit i'm in a Apollo video or whatever <laughs> but jim did a lot of videos start because the way they introduce it it doesn't seem like they're sending it as a sponsor me tape 
it doesn't give off that vibe they're just like we're stoked on skateboarding just check this out you know i don't think it doesn't feel like they were looking for sponsorship but did powell start getting tons of tapes and stacy was just maybe like wow we should include one of these or you know todd hastings was the team manager by by title i mean we got a hundred tapes a day um, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it was insane. And, and most of them were so 87, 88, I would say most of them would be, look at me, you know, this is what I can do on my skateboard. Mm-hmm. And there were very few like that one that ended up in the video where they filmed an introduction and introduced themselves and, and suggested that they were making their own video. Mm-hmm. There, there weren't many of those. And, and I think some of that was like a technological advance in terms of being, because, you know, with a VHS recorder, you could do a tape perhaps, or you could go out and film, but it was difficult to edit. Mm-hmm. And then by 89, you know, there was, there, was, there was a little bit of software starting to emerge that would allow kids to do a little bit more editing. And that one was... It was, um, I'm going to say there must have been about 50 tapes that were considered, and those were whittled down to 25 to 10 to 5. And then that one was um, the most representative of what we were looking for, which was, and the idea was, hey, you could make your own skate videos. You could you could do this yourself. This is what you could do too. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I think I was thinking like, okay, you know, we're putting out, you know, Powell Prelt is putting out these videos. We're inspiring kids to skate and, and try all these crazy new tricks, but it's probably something they didn't think of is like, wow, we're putting these out and kids are now inspired to try to make their own videos, right. which is super cool. So I've, I've always yeah. thought that's probably why that was in, included. You know, it's just, yeah, that's like, what it was. Um, those dudes, they do. Um, so, so I didn't take any notes, and but I'm thinking back. I remember one of them doing something that. Okay, now, now you gotta, you gotta clear this timeline for me. Does Bandis come out before Shackle Me Not, or is Shackle Me Not already out? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not, okay, I'm okay, not it sure. doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because I remember basically. And Jim, don't take offense to this. <laughs> basically, when H Street came out, okay, Powell is basically done. H Street leads, and 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 this is, I, I guess, Stacy. When I watch interviews, I know Stacy is a, is aware of what's happening. Stacy, in 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 the interviews I've I've watched with Stacy, he's a, he's aware that there is a street skateboarding revolution that is happening. Okay. I think that George Powell is probably kind of the one who's like kind of hanging on to this like old mentality of like, you know, we can dictate what's happening in skateboarding by doing this, this, and this, and this. But I think this part is indicative of the revolution that's just about to happen, which is basically like skateboarding is uh, street skating is permeating every little nook and cranny in you know, the, the United States, there's kids now that are getting the ability to film their own stuff. But there's one trick in there that one of the kids does, and it might be like a step hop, like 
where you flip the it's something that i feel like matt hensley did in the h street video oh, yeah i, like, I know oh, what you, one, it's like a, that one's kind of like sneaks in there a little bit prematurely and i think it's kind of like until you see hensley do it in in the h street video it didn't really have the impact mm-hmm. but this kid does a trick and it's like this is early on and i think basically what stacy is kind of doing with this part is kind of like he's like letting the floodgates kind of like open and he's just like, look, this is going to happen. And this is, we're going to basically kind of like, I, I mean, again, yeah, the whole scenario with how this part ends up in the video, like did those kids, did they ever get anything from Powell for being in the video? Did they get any boards? Did they ride for the team? You basically didn't know how the hell these kids ended up in the video. And then they're just, did they just disappear after that? I think, after the fact, we sent them some product. We didn't okay. tell them before. We didn't ask for their permission. Wow. Um, wow. After the video was finished, before it was distributed, we sent them some product and let them know that um, a little bit of their sequence, because they, they, it was much longer what they sent us. It was probably about 35 or 40 minutes long. They sent us a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then Stacy pulled the highlights out of it. Yeah. That's but incredible. we sent them product. We sent them shirts. and That's yeah. awesome. Now, now, Jim, let me let me ask you this is do you think all of the tapes that got sent to Powell during this time period, do you think they still all exist? No, some of them do. Some of them do. No, they didn't necessarily get destroyed. We we would pass them around. We would we would pass them along to, you know, like, you know, Frankie was before Frankie had hit and exploded on the scene. It was like, here, check this out. Rob Washburn was almost a pro and he's now the bones brand manager and you Mm -hmm. know rob was like a santa barbara hero Mm -hmm. and we and he ran one of the skate shops we would show we'd give rob some you know check this out what do you think Mm and Mm -hmm. uh so we we passed them around and uh, you know i would like i mean i have to admit i probably have out here in this garage now that i've moved again i probably have a hundred of those tapes here at this house wow it would be it would be interesting to start going through them and pulling stuff out, you know, because obviously every skateboard video that exists, just like what Stacy did with these two kids, you can pull out memorable. Yeah, you can edit them down to like a, you know, a, a whatever, a 10 trick cluster. But yeah. two things would be interesting to see, like what was happening at the time, like pull out tricks that are ahead of their time or see if anybody that that made a name for themselves after the fact uh you know sent video videos in uh, i mean i can only imagine at the time in 1989 88 89 you had to have a massive set of balls to send a sponsor me tape to powell because <laughs> when i was a kid it just seems like powell is just unattainable you know especially on the east coast it's like you're not California was like a, like a, it might as well have been like, you know, some make-believe land, you know, because it's like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird to me to send a, to send a video to, to Powell. Yeah. It was cool though, though. I, I think like it gave kids that saw that video, like hope though. That, oh, for like, certain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, oh man, Absolutely. like these guys just gotten a Powell video. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think that, I think. I know what, Larry was jealous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I guess by seeing this, it's basically now it's almost like you don't need Powell anymore. Now you could just make your own videos, you know, and then and then H Street starts and then World Industries. And then we start into the micro, the micro brand, essentially, you know, small room yeah. and 
yeah. you know, then the, the street revolution just started a whole new industry, basically, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, shut, you know, you could start your own brand in your basement. I mean, 89, yeah. 90 is like the beginning of all of that. Yeah. So after that, we transitioned. Professor Didactic is back. And this time he's asking us, what does skateboarding closely resemble? Now, what common activity does skateboards most closely resemble? A, playing bridge. B, bedwetting. And C, a tournament yo-yo. D, sidewalk surfing. Or E, all of the above. Oh, by the way, uh, he, we did have confirmation of cardboard cutouts of Professor Didactic. That's true. Yes. This premiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Track down my my photos of it. Oh, nice. For those of you listening from the previous episode, that's been. Did you post them on your, uh, Did you post them on your Instagram account? That uh, one's let, not up yet, but maybe I'll I'll pop we'll that one up that tomorrow. One. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And after uh, the professor. We've got a pool section with uh, Steve Caballero, Lance Mountain, and actually a little bit of Ray Barbie skating a pool. Oh, so good. Really cool. And I think I'm thinking correctly, this is the only pool section you see in the video. So it's kind of like pools were featured a little more prominently in the other video. So pool skating is kind of not being so favorable uh, in this portion. I mean, if, if vert skating is making its way out at this point, definitely skating skating yeah is gone you know you're basically wait i mean remember the the alva video came out that said there's no no pools in this one i think that was the title of the video yeah maybe it was a new school video i can't remember which one it was but yeah yeah, i mean pools you're basically like wasting tape at that point filming a pool but i noticed the buena vista pool is in there and it's i mean it's insane like at this point this is like just anything pool footage from that time period is gold you know Mm -hmm. totally gold also, Caballero is like hitting this pool so aggressively, like it's it's just bonkers. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an aggressive skater anyway, but yeah, I mean, he's like attacking this thing. Like, you know, well, you're talking about basically one of the masters of pool. I would say, you know what's you know what's uh, similar is watching that footage of Hasoy skate. I don't know what pool it is. Sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the dude who made the Speed Wheels videos, uh, Tony Roberts. Okay, he posted footage of Hasoy in one of his on his YouTube channel, and it's mm-hmm. just the most insane, the most insane, one of the most insane pool attacks I've ever seen. Uh, Aaron Murray too is insane, but Cab is like, you know, Cab has such an incredible finesse. But you're talking about a master of, of pool skating, and it's insane that this is being overlooked, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in terms of like what skateboarders are paying attention to. But you're just talking about that wave of the street revolution happening and you just don't have any, you know, you don't, you're not interested as a, as a 13 year old kid in the art of pool skating, which now it's back, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think to me, like Caballero in this video, this is, and I would say the same thing about Tony Hawk, like this to me is the pinnacle the video pinnacle for, right. for, for both of those guys yeah. like yeah, cabs yeah, totally. you know if you look at cab in this video he's all over it he's got this section he's got how to draw a perfect line he's yeah. got his vert part with mcgill which is fucking incredible and we'll get to that later and and also a lot of street stuff too and yeah. it's like it just shows like every side of that guy mm-hmm. and this this to me is i mean he, he you know there's tons of great stuff before it mm-hmm. but this is like caballero's and again, I would say the same. I would say the same thing about Tony Hawk. It's interesting to me. Like it, this is also Tony Hawk's 
pinnacle part with Pal Peralta for me. Totally, totally. You know, you know, you know what I was tripping out on is uh, I was thinking about something, and I think about this a lot, but just think about 1984. Like if you watched footage of, say, like the – let's just say hypothetically, and I don't know if this is – if this is totally like timeline correct, but you know, the, you know, the vert contest that happened in the backyard in Nebraska, mm -hmm. uh, mid, what was it called? Uh, whatever it was called. It was at like rich flower days ramp or something, uh, mid something, whatever. 1984, you have a vert contest in a backyard vert skating or, or, or professional skateboard contests are dead. You're having them in, in the backyards of people's houses and you watch the level of vert skating in 1984, okay? Street skating is almost non-existent, you know, even though it's obviously exists, but street tricks are like non-existent, blah, blah, blah. But 1984, you have a vert ramp. And if you watch the footage of 1984, the vert ramp contest and the tricks that they're doing, and then you just fast forward 10 years to 1994, it's like you would never even, the, the advance in tricks in style and blah, blah, blah. It's crazy to think that cab guys like cab, it, you know, what you're making, you know, you're, you're referencing here. Cab is like, it's only, it's only 10 years from 1984. You know, this is actually not even 10 years. This is 1989. Right. So the, the leap in, in tricks and style from 1982, 1983, 1984 to 1989 is almost like unrecognizable. And then if you go the full 10 years to 1994, it's almost like it's, you, you, it's unrecognizable. You know what I'm saying? The advance yeah. in tricks yeah. and skateboarding. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, I agree. T uh, Tony and Cab. The only, uh, the only thing I would say is that, again, these guys are trying to keep up with the street revolution and it's just going to crash, you know, and it's just going to take over. Stevie's on point, but then that street wave just crashes, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, not that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of like this is the story of yeah. skateboarding, I guess. You know, Steve, Stevie weathers it pretty well, though. I would say probably more oh. than a lot of those guys were able. Oh, to, definitely, definitely. Know. Yeah, he's definitely. the best example of that. He definitely is. You know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he he put out some legit street segments not too long after this. You know what sure. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Heavy, heavy stare, heavy handrail, uh, big stuff. Yeah, and, uh... totally. I think, Bobby, to go with your analogy, to, to continue with that, I think the realization, you know, like, like a tidal wave, a when a tidal wave happens, the tide goes out mm. before the wave comes in. Right. And I think in 89, in that time frame, when that video was hitting the screens and televisions around the world, the tide was still going out. Oh, for certain. But it was it was ready to turn around and just come crashing back in. And for so certain. in the early, you know, early 90s, like in January, February, March, it just started to explode. And that's when the waves, you know, really, really came in and hit. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because Cab's in Germany right now doing uh, some demos and his band is playing, Urethane is playing. Mm -hmm. And he posted something, I think it might, I might have seen it this morning or yesterday. And it was a whole street sequence at, at this skate park. And I guess there's a bowl there that he really liked. But mm -hmm. he does this long, you know, rail slide. He does, and it's street cab as, he's looking as young as he did in this sequence in Ban This. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty bizarre with all of the injuries that he's had and two years ago breaking his femur and all this stuff. I mean, he, 
he just remains to be so dedicated to being a complete skateboarder. It's just, mm -hmm. it's really nuts. Dude is insane. All right, that pool section is pretty short. And then after that, we're introduced to Cameron Martin, who's a brand new freestyler, which to me, even in 1989, I was like, whoa, a new freestyler? This just seems crazy because any other freestyler you saw, I think they were freestyling in 1981. So the fact that we're seeing someone, you know, being introduced as-, as Have you tried to find Cameron Martin? No, we haven't. No. He's on Instagram. I'm is pretty he? sure is he's he? on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I think I follow him on Instagram. Okay. He lived in New York uh, for a long time. Uh, in fact, I think he's got a whole part filmed in Tompkins Square Park in like in the late '80s. But anyhow, um, Cameron Martin coming onto the scene, I think, in many respects, was I think they were trying to market him almost as like the new Rodney Mullen because he like yeah. looked a little bit like Rodney, right? <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think they were just trying to be like, oh, let's see if this kind of works. Well, and, and he was more verbal. He was, he was very verbal and in demos and, and traveling, he was very verbal and he was very comfortable with who he was as a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we had great times together. I mean, he, uh, very intelligent guy, very thoughtful, very, very articulate. And, and he had, you know, every, he really believed in his ability and, and his passion was un, unrivaled by other people. I mean, he was really dedicated to what he was learning to do. And yeah. so it was fresh. It was good. Yeah. He's a good skateboarder. Um, yeah. I noticed in his part, the only note that I took is he does a properly. Now, when you get into the trick development of the frontside flip, Obviously, mm -hmm. you have Nottis, you have the Nottis frontside flip on the ramp, and it kind of, you know, it, 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 there's the, the illusion flip and everything. But, but um, Cameron Martin, in his part, does a proper frontside half cab kick flip, and it rotates kind of properly. Yeah, that's uh, the only trick I wrote down, too, is that same one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. And, and that's, that's kind of rare for, you know, the frontside flipping kick flip, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's like it takes a it takes a while for that trick to kind of like look nice on video mm -hmm. but yeah cameron martin does one and then he had that like apple graphic which was pretty memorable as well yeah but yeah I, when i think of cameron martin i think of like oh this is like kind of like they tried to brand uh, like he was kind of branded as like rodney's kind of like protege or something or like the next rodney mullen i was trying to figure out where that might be filmed i'm probably completely wrong but it looked like it reminded me of this parking garage garage that used to be next to Amoeba Records on uh, mm. Sunset. I'm probably totally wrong. Uh, it might be close, though. Somewhere in L.A. or Hollywood, looks like, probably. But after that, we've got a quick little teaser of uh, an Easter Bunny and a Roman soldier fighting in the street. Now, I don't know who the heck these crazy guys would be uh, screwing around in the street. Jim, any idea who those guys, who those guys are? Yeah, so that was... Yeah, so... <laughs> One of the, you know, great experiences was to have the company car to go to, you know, Western costume. And we had lots of costumes. Uh, it's funny because when we were on tour, I guess it must have been the following year. And, and this guy ran up to me and said, I know who you are. You're the, you're the, you're the Roman <laughs> No way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it was funny to be uh, recognized uh you know in in that role Stesic was the rabbit yeah yeah uh, you mentioned that last time 
But I guess yeah. this is just a quick little outtake from the scooter race that we see uh, in a little yeah. bit here. Yeah. When the but Jim, I gotta say the the <laughs> when he steals your sword or whatever, and that you, you run away and you do this like walking with your arms, of, like Skippy walk thing with your arms. That is the funniest <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> you know, I worked with Lee Strasberg, the actor's studio. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a study that went on into that. <laughs> but after that, we've got a Lance Mountain street section, which I was always super psyched on this because Lance was my favorite skater. So whenever I could see him street skating, was always uh, super excited to see that. He's doing great here. I mean, he's got that caveman, the handrail here that, uh, you know, it looks like it's, I didn't count the stairs, but it's like 15 or more stairs. It looks like that's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. And then he's joined by uh, Steve Caballero, Tommy Guerrero, and Ray Barbie. And they continue their street skating. And mm -hmm. I noticed they're all wearing, except Caballero, the other three guys are wearing black Steve Caballero shirts. They're all wearing the same T-shirt. Yeah. And I always thought, I was like, are they just trying to be, you know, like show up for the day? Like, you know, Cab's like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing? Like playing a little <laughs> prank on Cab or something. Yeah. <laughs> And we talked about in our public domain episode how all of Tommy's parts were in San Francisco. And we talked always like, oh, we always wanted to see him skate other places. And this is a good, you know, I guess I was I, you know, didn't have this segment on the brain, but this is a good one. I guess you know, you know, he's down in Southern California. So we get to see him skating, you know, different schoolyards instead of just mm. the hills in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. oh, which is interesting. Super awesome to see. Yeah. So cab with the suspenders, yeah. thumbs up cab with the the vest the vest not vest so sure. cab not so sure yeah. that one holds up quite as well <laughs> well doesn't doesn't tommy doesn't tommy rock a vest in one of the videos as well i think he might i'm not sure i think what what's the end racism part doesn't he have a vest on in that? this one that's Is yeah it later one? not oh, this later. Okay. It's a little later. It. Right. yeah yeah okay right i feel like i feel like cab and and tommy's kit are kind of like kind of close Mm -hmm. in the uh kind of department there the uh, costume department but Jim, um, do you, do, were you there for the filming on of any of this part i wasn't on that sequence no okay i mean i, re I remember it being organized uh but i don't think i had anything to do with it sometimes i was just transportation i was wondering if you had any insight as to why those three dudes were wearing black caballero shirts i think it was just it was a joke i think it was lance's one. doing yeah and, it was just, and and he couldn't get cab to wear one yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah it's That's probably cool. like a, let's show up with these shirts and it, you know yeah. cab will get bummed out or whatever you know? yeah but yeah i mean they're doing like ollie to handrails and you know ollie to yeah. blunt slides and the bank to curve and it's just like all oh, this is you know from what street skating is at this time this like everyone's completely ripping you know I, I again, I just and I hate I hate to I hate to say this, but like, it's not what the what the L.A. boys and you know the the variations are not there. Mm -hmm. And I feel so lame. And God, I hope these guys forgive me. But it's just like <laughs> like I said that that the 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 young the young street wave was coming up real fast, you know, mm -hmm. real fast. But it's it's great to have this. We absolutely need this stuff on video, and it's it's amazing that it exists. You know, because because in many respects, like those guys could have been like, we we can't we can't like hang with these dudes. We're not gonna film any street stuff, you know. And and you know, think about it. Does Christian ever film a street part? Not really, mm -hmm. you know. Kendall ha has an incredible street part in Streets of Fire, or 
you know, wheels, whichever, whichever one it is. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, there wasn't too many, there wasn't too many vert dudes that were out there trying to film street parts. And this is incredible that they did this, you know? Yeah. I, I will say I recently watched Lance's firm street stuff and it's insane. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, and ca any cab stuff is incredible too, because cab in the, early 90s is then filming like almost full street parts you know that's oh. when he got branded street cab yeah yeah street cab yeah. it's insane and some of the rails that cab does is in crazy yeah the only thing i wrote down for this is street cab and street lance like I, at this point <laughs> street lance is a thing too now so after that segment we've got another brief appearance from they and they just yell out teenage fad and then we transition into Bones Brigade home videos on looks like the summer tour 89. I can only imagine that it captures the vibe of, of that summer tour. It's just lots of action, lots of crowds, uh, lots of energy, lots of great skateboarding. It kind of looks like it looks like someone just had a, a home video camera that kind of got passed around on tour and they got all kinds of good, uh, funny stuff here. Hey, hey, Larry, <clears throat> have you ever seen the footage I think it might be Don Brider who filmed it, but have you ever seen the footage of the Bones Brigade skating um, South Bank? Yes. It's like yes, Mike V that. is there. Yeah, I know that footage. Yeah. There. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cab's there and Lance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, the, and, and Cab does those rock and rolls and the board slides up on, on the, the bank wall. wall. Yeah. Man, insane. Do yeah. you think this was part of the tour that they go on this time is because obviously Mike V was still on. No, that's, I think is it the year before, of, yeah, because in public domain, there is that Europe tour footage of those guys. Okay, so so I think so that's, it's that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Just curious. Just curious. Yeah. yeah, that this section is incredible. Yeah. The only thing I wrote down for this section is Tony's wearing a Sisters of Mercy shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I noticed. There's a couple super nerdy things I noticed here. Right in the beginning, Lance Mountain does that intro where he's like, uh, you know, my summer tour. Oh, it's so good. And in the background, the music playing is the same song from the opening narration in Savannah Slamma. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's my super nerdy brain answered that. <laughs> now, wait a second. Is that because now, do you know who the song is? I don't know who that song is. Oh, no. man. I, I, I didn't notice that. I would. It sounds would like a, to me, I would describe it as looks like sounds like a 1950s like uh, television show, like yeah, intro exactly. to like leave it, leave to, it Beaver. to Beaver. Yeah, exactly. right, 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 right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually did write down some other stuff. Uh, that, so I forgot that it's also uh, so Tony in Vancouver does a, a, a cab shuffle. Uh, oh yeah 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 he which goes super crazy sick. in that in that vancouver yeah. warehouse and then uh he also there's footage of him skating stone edge which is mm -hmm. super sick mm -hmm. those are the couple of things that i wrote down yeah a couple yeah. super nerd me there's that marquee you know like bones brigade demo up on that mall shopping mall like marquee so uh -huh. i googled the mall and it's down in el paso texas so oh I was wow like, oh i need to go down there and get a photo with this sign Oh, the, mall, so cool. the mall still open yeah that was terry mcchesney's shop yeah oh wow that was that was the demo where the security guy came out and told us that nobody could skate as long as unless they were wearing appropriate safety equipment so frankie went into the van and put on every single knee pad elbow pad <laughs> he had helmets on his arms and his wrists and his head 
and he came out and the kids just went fucking nuts and the security guy didn't know what to do and frankie got up on the uh on the mini ramp and started doing rock and rolls back and forth and everybody just it was just hysterical for about five minutes nice but there were a lot of kids there so beto o'rourke who was running for governor of texas Mm -hmm. he was there he was one of the kids oh wow yeah, so I knew was, he had a skateboarding background, but that's yeah. super cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, he was a big time um, customer at, at Terry's place. Wow, Terry how did you find family. that out? Because I'm still in touch with Terry. He wrote. Uh, he lives in San Antonio now, uh-huh. and uh, his daughter goes to is pre med, I think, at UT here in Austin. Wow, wow. And so we we communicate pretty consistently. He came out to Santa Barbara. He wrote a book called Dog Tacos. It was about his experience skating ditches outside of el paso <clears throat> he was a big wow. ditch skater oh wow so a real big guy he's had both of his hips replaced and he's he's paid the price <laughs> wow other highlights here the steve size first mctwist oh know. right yeah that's super exciting to see we've got the ultimate demo ramp which looks like you know the ultimate worst ramp oh, of right. all time and everyone's cracking jokes is that one in Europe? Yeah. Do you have any background on that one? Because that that part still cracks me up. Right? I think it was mm-hmm. in Europe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so also um, the classic, you know, they pan down to cab shoes while they're out to eat. And he's got some oh, kind of like so fancy good. shoes on. And then, he, yeah. you know, they must have been giving him some heat. And he's like, well, you know, if we're not skating right now. When I'm skating, I put my skate shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is probably when cabs an odd man out, which is like, if you listen to odd man out, it's kind of like incredible band yeah but like man it's almost like pushing like rock star kind yeah, of yeah it's mature it's mature yeah it's good i love yeah, it me I too but yeah some of that hawk in vancouver he's transferring between all those ramps like super crazy and he, the the ollie blunt where he actually does like an ollie like out of the ramp like two or yeah. three feet and then comes yeah. down in the blunt position and then yeah goes in super crazy yeah i like the the Tony and Ray Underhill doing the doubles at Jeff Phillips, I thought was awesome. Yeah. They show Lance at an indoor park in Tennessee, which I, the layout of those ramps to me looked like really interesting and fun. But I never saw that indoor park anywhere else in a magazine or a video. I was always like super curious about that one. Interesting. Yeah. How did you know it was Tennessee? Oh, it says, um, oh, it, says it? Yeah, they're like blasting like, you know, locations right before like. Little oh, right, right, right. Segments. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. There's also some very young Colin McKay yeah, uh, in there skating Vancouver. And the yeah. cameraman keeps going like, you're nuts. You're nuts. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's right. And then that kind of uh, ends with McGill skating his own park. And it's called Mars. And it's filmed like in black and white. It's kind of interesting. And then we've got a little segment entitled Jump Ramps Are Dead. And this is the LA boys doing a couple quick launches, you know, not to what you would think is traditional jump ramp skating there, you know, 360 ollies, you know, 360 varial flips, kick flips, Mm -hmm. just kind of advanced street skating. Pretty fun. Then we've got the 12 and under department. And this is Dom Kekich and Jesse Roach at the Fallbrook ramp. And uh, they put, you know, gives their ages, 12 years old and 11 years old. Jim, do you know the story on how these guys got on Powell? Or, you know, it seems like, you know, Cab and Tony, they came on as an early age. So it seemed like Stacy had a good eye for catching guys early. And I'm guessing this was like another wave of that. Sort of. It was word of mouth, a little bit from Tony and also videos being sent in. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, 
it was difficult to match up Stacy and actually being at the Fallbrook ramp as an example when Jesse was there. And I think uh, there were decisions were made to put them in the video where they weren't really, you know, part of the Bones Brigade. I mean, they were, it was like a flow team thing and they were getting okay. product. Jesse ended up, I think he was, he could have even been on the cover of Sports Illustrated for Kids, oh, which wow. was a new was. publication. Yeah, I think He got he a lot of exposure because he was cute and he was blonde and he was definitely Californian. I think he was wearing lots of pastels. He never really bonded with anybody on the team. You know, he was, he, he was like, he was just always on the fringe. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where he kind of stayed. Yeah, you never really heard too much of him, maybe after like a year or so. But Dom, I know he might even be in the next video. And then I know he was even on Birdhouse for a while later on. Yeah, so he had a, you know, a little bit longer career. Yeah, I think he had a better relationship with Tony. I mean, Tony was very receptive to people you know, coming to his house and skating with him and hanging out. And as long as you didn't interrupt Tony's flow, you could, you could hang. Mm -hmm. And I think he did a better job of that. Plus, Jesse's parents were very involved and they were kind of like helicopter parents. Yeah. And they were always looking out for him. And that was, that was counterproductive as far as his longevity was concerned. Was Dom Kekic from uh, the, uh, he wasn't from Australia, was he? I think he was. Yeah. I think yeah. he might've been. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he, I think it was Tony. It might've been. Cause I think, I know that Bucky went with Tony early on to on an Australian demo. That was like a, you know, three of us, a very short trip. And that was, and, and Tony would do that. He, you know, he was always giving every young aspiring worthy skater an opportunity. You know, he would never, he would he was just a voice and, and a shoulder of encouragement. Man this holy cow. Oh my gosh. We we got a little <laughs> chatty about ban this. I did not think this was going to go into a three-parter, man. Yeah, I didn't I, I did not. I thought we'd cap it tonight. Yeah. We, we failed. No, no, too much to talk about. This video is just action-packed. Same. So we'll be back very soon with part three, and uh, we will continue that conversation with Jim and Bobby. I think we'll get it wrapped in three. It shouldn't be. We're almost through it. We're we're, almost through yeah, it. if yeah. we don't get it done next time, we're, I don't know, man. We, have to, <laughs> <laughs> we need to rethink our, our thing. Yeah. No, that was great, man. Yeah, again, yeah, super yeah. awesome with those guys. But moving on, uh, I know we've got a little bit of uh, mailbag uh, backed up, so I think we're going to try to knock some of these out today. Matt, you've got a you've got a little list there going. I do. We're gonna we're gonna uh, break with the the rules this time. We're gonna kind of do a few extras because um, we had some some really cool feedback on the uh, Dan Gesmer interview from That's right. uh, yeah. our first intelligence report, and uh, wanted to read a few of those things that came in. So uh, we got uh, another Davey D writes, so glad you had him on kind of punk rock that he was in a Powell Peralta video. He truly used skating the way that meant the most to him and not caring what others thought respect. So that's cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Changing Good people, stuff. changing people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Straws nine. He writes, this poor guy received so much unwarranted crap from my own crew included, but as you get older and evolved, you realize all forms of skating are rad as long as you're passionate and love it. Dan, if you do read this, my asshole 12-year-old self apologizes. <laughs> yeah, Dan got 
some misplaced hate man for yeah. like 52 seconds in a skate video it's pretty yeah. wild yeah. yeah but people are coming around for it sure, only man. took 34 years but yeah. people are getting yeah. on the gesmer train <laughs> okay so 80s punk skate kid writes this episode was really revealing because i and my friends i grew up with watching the videos with honestly did not know if that part of the video was real or not because it was so different it was awesome to hear the background and hear Daniel's perspective in history. Love the little bits of story like the ice rink. So, or not ice rink, but the, the skating rink. rink. Skating yeah. rink. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think I thought that was the coolest part was just hearing some of those little behind the scenes things about how it was done. And yeah. that, those are the questions you always, everybody you always wondered questions. about. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody I mean, had those. Yeah. And every, that's, like you said, you never, nobody knew if the, what, what the, if it was not that it wasn't real, but like what, why would, what was the story with this thing? You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, but that's what our well, that's what our show's about. We're trying to get to, uh, to the yeah. bottom of all this stuff. And then we got. Uh, I'm gonna give another shout out to my to my buddies in the Vulture Crew up in uh, Massachusetts. This was amazing. Thank you, Daniel Gesmer. Reflecting back on public domain, you can see that all the skating, while amazing, is extremely dated to that specific period in skate history. What's interesting about Daniel's part is it transcends and can be appreciated as talent and art that goes beyond the 80s skate culture. Congrats on another great episode, guys. So that's a really cool way of looking at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, thank you, everybody, for, for writing in about Dan. We got actually a, a bunch more about Dan. Um, well, but that's the kind of gist of it there. All you know, a lot of that. It yeah. seems like a lot of people had had some preconceived notions. They heard that episode and they they looked back and said hey this guy's all right yeah anyway very cool thank you all um so now we got a couple of uh we're gonna we're gonna go do a few more we got some ban this feedback from uh the first episode yeah people yeah. are freaking out about part one of ban this i mean yeah, we only talked a, about 15 minutes of the video but yeah yeah people was, are uh, loving it yeah for sure so uh we got eric who writes Hey guys, I wanted to drop a note about Ban This. My friends and I were fortunate enough to be at the premiere in St. Louis. Oh, nice. We lived about, yeah, we lived about three hours away in a small town in Southeast Missouri. There was a bike shop in town that was also our skate shop. The owner got tickets to the premiere from Powell and for some unknown reason gave them to us. That's uh, awesome. We drove, yeah, that's, that's rad. We drove to St. Louis the day of the premiere. We found out that the Bones Brigade guys were going to visit a couple shops. We didn't know what shops, so we just went to one and ended up meeting some locals. Those guys had a huge suburban truck, and they knew where the Bones Brigade was going to be, so we all piled into their truck. Yep. We found the team at a shop, then they left, and we followed them to the next shop. We ended up getting to skate with Ray Barbie and Steve Size. Needless to say, the day was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for us. Living in a small shit town with the constant threat of getting beaten up was our daily existence. Being able to get out of that and spend a brief weekend living the life we dreamed of living in California was monumental. Thank you guys for the pod. These videos were life-changing for me, starting with Future Primitive in 86, and to be able to listen along with others who feel the same way is fantastic. I live in LA now, and being able to see the spots I grew up dreaming about is surreal to say the least. That's oh, epic. Yeah. Another probably uh, crossed paths at some point. Yeah. You could have sat right next to him and yeah, had no yeah. idea. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have even imagine getting to skate with those dudes that day. Yeah. That would have been you awesome. Know? I would have been too scared to put my wheels down. <laughs> I'd have been like, no, no, no. You guys go ahead. Yeah. Just sit and watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, one more for Ben, this Peter McKeon. This was a really uh, welcomed uh, email 
Um, it's great to hear from Peter. And so people out there may have recognized us saying his name in the in part one because he's yeah. you know an editor and filmer. Yeah. In and band this, so it was awesome to uh, reach out. I'll let you read the email and then I, I'll continue a little bit. Okay, so Peter McKeon writes. Um, I just discovered this podcast and it seems like the perfect time. I made Gabriel Rodriguez and Rudy Johnson sponsor me tapes. I knew Guy and Pablo even longer. When all of them got sponsored, Stacy called me to come work for Powell. Some of this is documented in LA Boys. I did the first pass edits on a lot of the sections and I shot a small handful of the parts. I was also driving my mom's station wagon while Stacy was on the hood filming Ray Barbie. Damn. Yeah, that's awesome. I Band think this. that's the shot too. I put on yeah. on Instagram yeah. that yeah. line. Yeah, it's gotta yeah, be that, that line. One. Yeah. yeah. Band, this was some of the best times of my life. I can't wait for part two. Wow. Wow. That's a uh, that's a crazy uh, endorsement. I'll take that one. Yeah, I you know so awesome that he he reached out because you know we had kind of a short list of people we wanted to interview on the show. And uh, Peter was one of them. He was one of them. Yeah. Sure. So we were going to get around to reaching out at some point, but you know, he, he wrote us and that's super, super awesome. Um, yeah. Super psyched to hear from him. And then I've gone back and forth with him a couple of times and he's ready to come on the show when, as soon as we're ready. So we'll have a, cool. a intelligence report episode with Peter. Yeah. At some point in the future, just in case you're all not getting enough band this. Yeah. Anusha. Yeah. <laughs> You got some more coming down the pipe. Yeah, you'll get even more. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for the mailbag this week. We got we we we've been uh, getting lots and lots and lots of feedback, so it's it's really really cool. And uh, thanks again for everybody who yeah, listens. everyone who listens and takes the time to write in. That's super awesome, and that's kind of fueling the show right now. So yeah, it, it keeps us stoked to let know. You know, we're putting these episodes out there. If we didn't get any feedback, we wouldn't even know if. You know, yeah. anyone's listening. So it's it's very much appreciated. So uh, that's it on the mailbag. As always, you can uh, email us at uh, go to the Bones Brigade audio show.com, click on our contact page, and boom, you just type it in and hit enter, and we will get it. All right. Anything else, Matt, before we shut this down for the night? No, I think that's probably, I'm probably good to go. I think yeah. We've, so uh, we put in some time on this one. So uh, we'll be back soon with Band This Part 3. But until then, I'm Larry. I'm Matt. Reminding you to never stop searching for Chin. Have a great night.
Don't see my head when it hits the swing. He gets pissed at the people who throw this in a wheel is hitting hard. It goes something like this. Just drafted, time to start. He really couldn't hang, but he knew he had to go. So he flew to Vietnam to join the freak show. Once in Vietnam, he started getting high. Saw a brother get shot right before his very eyes. Willie thought of drums, will I ever get home? Yo, Willie, it's for you. You have this on the phone. Getting back to Cali at first was pretty shitty. Yo, Beverly Hill, nah, man, Culver City. Got another gig with the concrete crew. World live wide drummer for the Ross Escape too. Up his chocks at to catch the groove. Stuff with Miss January, yo, that's the move. Cooling in Cali and bunking with the bunnies. Will is hitting hard and he's making lots of money. In Beverly Hills, Miss January got hooked to popping pills. So Willie let it go about his keys and ways. His good attitude, it didn't phase. He found another, a sister of a brother. She made a good wife as well as a lover. So they went to Las Vegas to tie the knot. Nine months later, little Willie did drop. Kissing Lily down, Junior, dear old daddy. Little Willie loved the six ducks on the caddy. Picked up the sticks and started to roll just like Big Daddy when he hits the stroll. He got his own band, now Junior's in demand. Good thing his folks did understand. Now Pops can rest, he was the best. It's time for little Willie to pass the test. So, Willie, 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 Willie